What is going on everyone? Anthony Drew Gary here. It is Wednesday and it is time for part two in our series on how to graduate from college with as little student loan debt as possible. Before we get started, we're going to do a quick recap of the first video and that's to set up the ground rules that we're talking about graduating from probably a state university in four years with a bachelor's degree and that overall cost is going to be about $95,000. But don't worry, we're going to get that number down. We're going to get it down low. This week's video is going to touch on all of the different things that we can be doing while we're still in high school that will have an impact on our college costs later on. First and foremost in that is going to be grade point average and really academics in general. The whole idea here is to try to get in a position where state schools will sponsor either partial or half tuition scholarships so that you can go to school and only pay half of your tuition. This is a great thing and it's really not as far-fetched as it might sound. Most of the state universities derive their merit scholarships and their half tuition scholarships on some combination of grade point average and standardized test scores. So while we're in high school, we wanna be doing what we can to improve our GPA and put ourselves in a best foot forward to be competitive for those scholarships. I know everyone's not an ideal student, but anything that we can do to improve our situation there is going to help us in the long run. Along those same lines, having high standardized test scores will only help our case for getting one of those merit scholarships. So practicing for the standardized tests, either the SAT or the ACT is going to be important. I would recommend that you practice for both and that you take both. Overall, the test costs compared to what could be the advantage on the back end is well worth paying to take the tests two, three, four times to make sure that you're getting a good score and you can use that score to apply to your colleges. The last I checked, the SAT costs about $65 to take it and the ACT costs about $58 to take it. And so these costs are a relatively small drop in the bucket compared to what could be a half tuition scholarship or maybe even better than that, that will over four years account for as much as $20,000. I think taking a couple hundred dollars worth of test makes sense there. So again, practice for the tests, make sure you know what it takes to get a good score for each one of the tests. And if you start to get an indication that one test is better suited for your strengths and your knowledge base than the other, then, then focus on that one. And really the, this entire idea is to, to get the most value for the time that you're gonna spend and ultimately try to get one of these scholarships. When it comes to paying for the standardized tests, check with your high school guidance counselors Find out if there are any local scholarship opportunities that'll cover the cost of the standardized tests. This isn't out of the ordinary. In fact, I remember my school had it. And again, it only covers the, the small cost of the test, but every little bit helps. All right, so we've touched on grade point average. We've touched on standardized tests. Next, I wanna to touch on extracurriculars. And you'll hear a lot of people during the high school years saying things like, I'm joining the blah, blah, blah club because it looks good on a college resume. Don't buy into that, please. Do what makes you happy. Do what's fun. Enjoy yourself and enjoy the extracurriculars that you do. I do recommend that you do something outside of going to class, but it, it's not going to change your world with one of these state universities, whether or not you are part of the Spanish club the chess club, the debate team, the spell bowl, the quiz bowl. As long as you do something that you enjoy, pick one, excel at it, and have fun. 
When it comes to college selection and which college you plan to apply to, or colleges that is, because we're probably going to apply to a lot of them, I recommend applying to as many of the state schools as it makes sense to. A lot of them will offer you free applications or they're relatively low cost applications and it will give you the opportunity. The, the more schools you apply to, the better chance that one of them will give you one of these substantial merit scholarships. And that's just with the state schools. With the private schools, they also generally have scholarship packages available. And if you want to compare these apples to apples, it can get a little tougher with the math because the private schools tuition rates are usually going to be substantially higher, but their scholarship offerings might be higher as well. And it wouldn't be out of the question for a private school to have a better scholarship package than a public school. As a matter of fact, my wife ended up going to a private school because the package was better. It's important to note that the college selection sets that we're picking are all schools that you, in quotes, go away to. Basically, schools that have on-campus housing. Uh, that's going to be an important part of the next phase of shaving down the cost of college. And while going to a two-year trade school or a two-year community college to get half of college done at a more affordable rate may make sense for some folks, that's not the plan that we're working here. The plan that we're working is geared toward living on campus, and we'll dive into that in a future episode. Next, I want to touch on the dreaded task of choosing a major or a field of study and how unfair that really is to an 18 or 19-year-old because choosing what you want to do for the rest of your life is usually the way the question is phrased when you want to pick a major, and that's not the reality of the world we live in. The typical American changes jobs seven times over the course of their life, and so I just want the, the process of picking a major to be a little more stress-free than thinking about, this is going to be what I'm going to do for the rest of my life, because that's not necessarily the case. I would recommend choosing a cluster of majors or a handful of types of jobs that may make sense to be interesting to you and tap into your network, tap into the networks of the people you know, your parents, your loved ones, your friends, your friends' parents, and try to find somebody who is working in that field of study that you might think you're interested in. The best advice that I can give you to try to find someone that works in that job is, is really to pick their brain, I hate using that term, but, but interview them and try to find out if what they do for a living is really interesting to you above and beyond the field of study that you'll be spending time with in college. Now, if worse comes to worse, I would submit my college applications choosing an undecided major. And this may give you the most flexibility so that you can receive your college acceptance letters and scholarship package offers back from the colleges and weigh them one by one to determine which school makes the most sense. You know, most of the schools have similar degree programs. So if there's an opportunity to pick the one with the best scholarship program, that's probably the direction to go. Let's say at one school, you could be a finance major and get a full tuition scholarship. And in another school, you could be an accounting major and get a half tuition scholarship. And in a third school, you could be a business management major and get no scholarship. Those are generally close enough fields, at least at the undergraduate level, that if I were you, I would be picking the one with the best scholarship opportunity. We'll talk more about majors, scheduling classes, and the first year experience in future videos. But I want to stress again that there are several articles online that more than half of college graduates are not currently working 
in a job that is particularly applicable to what they went to school for. So don't stress on the major. Next, I wanna talk about scholarship hunting and more specifically, I wanna talk about it at the local level. There will usually be local businesses or memorial scholarships or something specific to your area that you can apply for. And usually there are pretty limited applicant pools for these. Hopefully you can pick up one of these scholarships. Uh, for example, at my high school, there was one of these scholarships that was specifically geared toward people who were not expecting any financial help in going to college. Now, I was really naive at the time and I didn't apply for that scholarship, but looking back on it, that's one that I should have applied for. I probably would have, would have received. And you never know. Don't let a scholarship go unclaimed just because there weren't any applicants for it. So for the purposes of our financial discussions for the overall series, we're going to assume that you've been selected to the college that you want to go to and you've received one of those half tuition merit scholarships for the program. And we're also going to make an assumption that at the local level, we can land one of these scholarships and we'll get, we'll call it $500 for one of those. Next, I want to talk about financial aid forms. And even though in our critical assumptions, we're assuming that we aren't going to be able to qualify for any financial aid, it is still important to file the forms. It's called the free application for federal student aid. That's known as the FAFSA form. And we want to fill this out because this is the form that allows you to take student loan debt as you need it. But it is also a good idea to fill this out just in case, for whatever reason, the way that they calculate need-based uh, grants may change in the future. I still recommend filling this out. I personally always filled this out in the, the first of the year, January 1st, just to make sure that if all else is equal between myself and someone else, I can at least hang my hat on the fact that I filled out the form first. Along these lines, I recommend uh, you know having one last conversation with your parents uh, just to double check to make sure that there's no opportunity for them to contribute to college, at least in that first year. And if there isn't, don't resent them. It, it's okay. We're going to do the math and we're going to make this work. But you never know. Maybe there's an opportunity for them to provide some help in future years, though we're not going to count on that for the purposes of our video series. Our next piece is going to talk about employment while we're in high school. Now, if you can swing it between class and extracurriculars to work a job during the high school years, I think that's that's all the better and it'll help our financial situation. But what I really want to drive in on is the window between high school graduation and heading off to college. It is imperative for this plan to work that we find gainful employment during that time. We want to be working as close to, to 40 hours a week as possible. And if we can find something that pays a little better than minimum wage, that's that's really going to help our cause. For the math that we're going to use, we're going to assume that we've got 10 weeks during that summer to work. We're going to work 32 hours a week during it. And at roughly $11 an hour, we're going to hopefully save away $3,000 for that summer for upcoming school expenses. I also want to give a word of caution for that summer before college. It's going to be really easy to get caught up in the spending of new items to go to school to decorate your dorm room. And don't be one of those people that gets tripped up by the college sales flyers that come from Target. Every trip inside of Target store is a minimum $50 spend and every adult knows that. If you don't know that, you soon will. Do your best to, to try to limit those costs. The reality is that four or five years down the road after college, you're probably not going to have many of those things left over anyway. So just try to limit your costs on them. 
So before we wrap up this segment, let's recap on our costs now that we are done and ready to go off to college. We've graduated from high school. This is where we're at from a cost breakdown. We're going to keep using this Excel sheet to total up all of our savings over the different years of college. And so each time we make a video, we will look at specifically the yellow highlighted cells. And for this video, we're looking at high school and we're going to have some costs with taking the ACT and the SAT a number of times, but we are also going to hit one of those local scholarships where we'll hopefully get $500 for that. And when we look at receiving one of the half tuition scholarships from one of the state schools, that'll transfer into freshman through senior year of college. And that ultimately gets us $20,000 closer to our goal. And the next piece to that, we have the grinding and employment section where summer before college, we're going to make $3,000 toward our progress. And so all of the things that we've talked about so far gets our about $95,000 college cost down toward around 71,000, 71,152 in this case. We're making progress and we're going to keep going. Before we wrap up this video, I want to remind you to hit the subscribe button to make sure that you are going to see the future videos in this series, and please engage with the video. Like it, comment on it, provide your feedback, anything that we can do to make this information more complete and share it with as many people as possible is all the better. Share it on your social media, share it in an email, do what you need to do to get this information to somebody who can benefit from it. In next week's video, we're going to talk about the freshman year of college and how we're going to crush it making good decisions and get us a little closer to graduating with as little debt as possible. Until next time, take care.